Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. If you will, turn with me to the book of Revelation. Chapter 14 is where we uh, came to the last when we were doing this. Now, uh, you know, I realize it's been a while since we've studied out of the book of Revelation. And the reason uh, I know that is because uh, we were studying out of the book of Revelation before COVID hit. And... uh, I suspended uh, our study in the book of Revelation when we started doing our Bible study online uh, because I felt like it was a little too difficult to explain uh, in the podcast and to do that. And besides, I also felt like it was important for us to do our uh, study on the fruit of the Spirit because I felt like it was important for us at the time when we were uh, going through the time of separation and a time of uh, enduring the difficulties of COVID uh, to be reminded that we're to exhibit the characters and the traits of the uh, fruit of the Spirit. And so uh, that's why we... Uh, and. One of the things that uh, we have to understand is the book of Revelation is quite lengthy. It's over 20 chapters. It's about 22, 23 chapters. Uh, off the top of my head, I believe it's 22 chapters, and it's and it's a lot for you to go through. Uh, there's one of two ways you can go. You can skim through it and get done in a couple of weeks. That's not the approach that we've taken. I can I can assure you, uh, we have not skimmed over it. And we've not just skipped through. Uh, it, there's so much to the Book of Revelation that it's important for us to dig deep, and that's what uh, we've focused on uh, in uh, the last months uh, that we were studying this. And I thought it was important for us to. Uh, to go deep into a study of the book of Revelation because uh, I, don't, I, I guess uh, with all that's been going on along with the pandemic of COVID, uh, all of you would agree with me that uh, it, it seems as though we're getting closer and closer to the end days. And uh, a study of the book of Revelation does two things. It first informs us of the things that are coming in the end days, but it also, to me, it calms nerves rather than causing you to be more scared of the fact that the end is coming. Uh, to me, I feel uh, more reassured about the fact that that <laughs> I understand and I know what's going to happen. I know Uh, that God is for me. I know and understand that God is there uh, for me and I know and understand uh, what is coming and why God is doing this and why things are happening. And while all the world seems to be falling apart all around us, I know for certain whether or not uh, it is the end times or not. I know for certain whether or not uh, this has been described in God's Word and that we're living through this or we're not. I know for sure that uh, of what is to come. And so I, my fear, uh, most of our fear in life is rooted in one thing, and that is the fear of the unknown. 
most of why of the reasons why we fear things is because we don't know whether or not uh, what's going to happen next. We don't know uh, if we're going to be okay. We don't know if we're going to uh, endure certain things. And so by studying God's Word, studying the book of Revelation helps us to understand what is to come. Uh, and, and to me, it helps us to understand uh, where we stand as God's people and where we stand in our relationship to God and how we uh, need to see the future as we uh, stand here, whether uh, the future, uh, the end of the world is is this year, a uh, hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, or next week or, or tomorrow, uh, we can stand assured of what God is, is bringing to us. So we got to Revelation 14. And if you're like me, you probably didn't remember a whole lot of what we studied before. So I'm not going to go through it all. Uh, but what I am going to do is I'm going to go back to where we left off. I'm going to go back to Revelation 14. And I'm going to go over the last thing that we went over to kind of get us clued into where we are and to help us to remember some of those things. I'm not going to go into it as in full detail as to uh, uh, what we went through the last time that we were here, uh, but I'm going to go through it enough to where it will remind us of where we are, remind us of what's been happening, and help us to remember uh, the situation that we're at. And so with that, I'm going to uh, share with you uh, the uh, verses that we're looking at is uh, Revelation 14, it's verses 1 through 20, and I'm not going to read all of that uh, to begin with either, but I'm going to start out, and it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the mount. Uh, it would help if I brought my glasses. On Mount Sion, and with him 144,000 having uh, his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could uh, learn that song but the 144,000 uh, which were redeemed from the earth. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and these are uh, they which were not defiled uh, with women, for they were virgins. And these are they which follow the Lamb uh, with whom, uh, whithersoever he goeth, these were redeemed from among the men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their uh, mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And so what we have here is a scene in which God, uh, which we're seeing uh, the throne of God, and this is the Lamb. And as you recall, the this is Jesus Christ. Uh, the clues are here in the first verse. It says, uh, and the lamb uh, stood on the mount, and uh, it says that he, in verse 2 that he heard 
uh, from heaven, the voice of many waters and the rumbling of thunder. These are all prelude the the sounding of the voice of Jesus Christ. These are all uh, indications that this is Jesus Christ that is uh, speaking. And this section constitutes a clearly defined unit uh, that provides an effective contrast to all the things that were happening in uh, Revelation 13. It says, I saw and behold... This is a vision of the 144,000 and uh, it is uh, the audition of the new song in, uh, that has been sung in heaven and it is an interpretive explanation of uh, the identity of the 144,000. It's saying that these are 144,000 of the saints that never received the seal. Uh, What he's talking about is uh, those who were sealed by God rather than taking on the seal of the Antichrist. They didn't take uh, the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their hand. Uh, Rather, they were sealed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, Remember, one of the things that that you need to recall uh, or to realize is, is throughout history, throughout all of, of time, Satan endeavors to uh, take what God has done and to cheapen it, to distort it, to, uh, to create a, an artificial uh, uh, supplement or the artificial substitute for God. It's like when you go to uh, the grocery store and they're on the uh, grocery shelf, there's sugar. And I mean real cane sugar sitting there. Not that refined stuff. There's real sugar. And then you've got on the shelf this artificial stuff that is manufactured. Well, they're both sweet. They both probably accomplish the same thing, the boat, but they're not the same, are they? If they were the same, they'd just make uh, this other company would just make another version of cane sugar. But it's not the same. It, this one over here, uh, a lot of times will be too sweet, or it'll be sweet with a little bitterness, or it'll be sweet with a, a weird aftertaste. It won't taste like real cane sugar. Now, it might be less cal- uh, fewer calories, it might be uh, uh, less harmful to you, but it's different. It's not the same. It Many times, uh, real cane sugar is real heavy. A lot of times the substitute is, is really light, and it, it, it seems like it would take a lot less of it to be as sweet as real sugar. And sometimes you have to change the amount that you put in. You don't put one for one. But um, the artificial stuff's nothing but chemicals. The real stuff you know is made out of real sugar. Um, and that's how it is with Satan. He takes what God has created and what God has made is deemed as good. 
And he takes it, he twists it, distorts it, and he wants to sell it to you as just as good as what God is offering. But uh, it's, it's you've got the freedom to do whatever you want to do, or you know you can you can do this and and you can ha- have so much more fun, or you can do this and and have this or have that. And Satan tries to draw you in and lure you in to take the the substitute the the thing that is tainted and twisted and convoluted and tell you it's just as good as as what God has done but see what God has has given to us is he's given us gifts he's given us uh, the gift of marriage he's given us the gift of uh, truth he's given us the gift of of life he's given us the gift of all the things that we have the things that we enjoy he's given us joy he's given them uh, given us peace he's given us uh, so many wonderful things and Satan says oh you don't want any of that Look, you can have this. You can have pornography. You can have uh, 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 enjoyment with these substances and drugs. You don't have to uh, be straight-laced by it like God wants you to be. And what He does is He takes everything that God wants to give us as a gift and wants to take it and and uh, repackage it, re-image it into His own version. And so uh, what... Uh, God is is uh, showing to us is a song that is given to us. It is a song of the saints, and they are singing the song because they are worshiping God, because they have endured the the difficulty and the struggles of life. They are uh, uh, people who have lived a pure life. They are people who have worshipped God, and they have not. Uh, defiled themselves with the image of the beast. God gives us not only His love, but He gives He seals us with the seal of the Spirit of God. He seals us uh, to the end. Uh, the Bible tells us that when we become a child of God, that we are uh, sealed by the Spirit of God, and we are sealed to that uh, to the day uh, in which we stand before Him in His presence. And uh, the Antichrist and Satan's distortion of that is, is okay, uh, we want you to... Wor- uh, the, Satan says, I want you to worship this beast. I want you to worship the image of the beast. And, and I'll give you a seal as well because he has to copy what God wants to give. He says, and with this seal you uh, will be able to give, uh, to sell, and to buy, and to trade, but you have to have this seal. And uh, so what we see here are the 144,000, the faithful to God, the ones that did not defile themselves. uh, And uh, this is a vision of the sealing of the 144,000, of the great multitude praising God in His heavenly throne room. And it is... uh, uh, a interpretive of the vision of this place. Uh, this is the the uh, writer John. He is uh, seeing this vision of the place of in which God is worshipped. Throughout all of this, throughout all the things that are happening, God is is re, remains holy. God remains pure. God remains in His throne room, and He is uh, there. And He is holy. 
We also see in this chapter uh, the parallel of the grain harvest and the wine harvest. It's an image of the harvesting uh, and the threshing floor uh, at the wine press and the metaphor of the gathering of the elect. It's, this is a metaphor of uh, God coming and uh, reaping all those who have been faithful to him of, of taking those who uh, are Christians in, in our modern day vernacular those who are faithful to God and he's using this metaphor of the grain harvest uh, uh, to uh, show uh, this harvesting of time of bringing in those who have been faithful to him and it is uh, uh, also a uh, with the grain harvest, we see uh, in that that there is also a metaphor of the judgment of those who have not been faithful to God, the judgment of those who have been faithful. And uh, some see it uh, this as a judgment of Israel. Uh, remember, this is uh, a time in which Israel is being judged for their rejection of Jesus Christ as the Messiah and uh, the fact that they have not followed after God. So uh, 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 then others interpret this as a metaphor of the uh, gathering of the saints uh, and so others see it as just a general judgment of those uh, whether they've been faithful or not. And so uh, then we get into uh, the uh, positive views uh, of this passage of Scripture. And this is uh, the, the views in terms of the fact that this is the telling of the first fi uh, uh, fruits of God being brought in, the 144,000 being the first fruits of the nations. Uh, this is also a, uh, the, another positive metaphor is, is that this is the gathering of the elect of God uh, in the, the Gospels. And another uh, view is, is that this is uh, the uh, threshing and the winnowing and uh, frequently uses the metaphor of uh, this being a time in which uh, just as Jesus talked about the, uh, the, the uh, parable of uh, the master who has uh, a wheat field. And remember what Jesus says uh, in the night, uh, those who uh, wanted to do harm to the master went through the field and, and sowed uh, weeds. And uh, the servants woke the next morning and saw the weeds coming up amongst the, uh, the wheat. And they asked the master, do you want us to go and go through and uh, uh, pull up the weeds? And the master said, no, just let them grow amongst the, the, uh, the wheat. And at the harvest, we'll uh, uh, bring it all in and, and separate the wheat from the tares at that time. And this is the passage of Scripture in which it is a metaphor of uh, saying this is the time in which God is winnowing out the, the wheat from the tares. And so this is a time of, of bringing in the harvest, a time of uh, bringing in those who are faithful to God and uh, separating them uh, from those who are, have not been faithful to God. 
so what we, we can gain from this is, is that uh, how do we look at this as Christians today? How do we look at this uh, from our perspective today? And what we need to gain from this is, is in spite of the fact that this is a passage of Scripture where you see a great uh, we, uh, reaping of the harvest of bringing in those of souls of, of, of uh, coming in. And, and there's also the image of the wine press in which uh, the first fruits are brought in and the, and the, uh, the, the grapes are, are pressed and made into wine. Uh, and this is an image of, of those who've been unfaithful to God and that they've been punished. Um, in spite of all this that we see in here, we need to, uh, to keep in mind some constants. Uh, the first is the first part of this passage of scripture is that God is faithful and God is uh, in control throughout all of this. In spite of all the things that have happening, uh, this is a part of Revelation where we've already gone through uh, all of these judgments that have uh, befallen upon mankind. You've seen uh, these uh, stars fall from heaven and the angels coming down and, and a third of the, uh, the grain uh, plants on the planet of the earth is, is, is just destroyed. A third of the seas are destroyed. A third of the people are destroyed. We see all of this uh, destruction and we see all of this uh, that is God trying to... Re- remember the, the main message of Revelation. You might have forgotten what it is uh, since uh, it's been so long since we've been here. But the main message of Revelation is, is that God's judgment is coming. This is the image of God's judgment. And what the message is that John is trying to give the churches that he is, uh, that's going to read this initially and the church that reads it to this day is that God's judgment is coming. You need to be prepared. God's judgment is coming. Make sure that your heart is right with God. God's judgment, God is righteous and God is just and His judgment is coming. In spite of the fact that it's been uh, years and years and years and now we're at the point where it's thousands of years since uh, Jesus Christ walked on this earth, God's judgment will come. God's judgment is coming. And John, that John's message to the church at that time is God's judgment is coming. Get right with God. Make sure your heart is right with God. That's still the message today. God's judgment is coming. Get your heart right with Him. Make sure your heart is in tune with God's desire in your life because hard times are coming. His judgment is coming. His, uh, His wrath is coming. And uh, so... The reason that God's judgment is coming is because God is just. He is righteous. He is holy. We saw that image at the beginning of chapter 14. The angels declaring the message of God. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, they're professing the holiness of God. Uh, Here, the 144,000 are singing a new song. They're singing about the holiness of God. They're singing about the, the, uh, the, uh, the blessedness of God, the righteousness of God. God is righteous. God is holy. We need to remember that. We also need to remember the fact that uh, in, in God's holiness... He holds us to be righteous as well. He holds us to be holy as well. Even though we are marred by sin, even though we are 
uh, our lives are incomplete because of the sinfulness of our life. He has provided a way for us to have redemption. He's provided a way for us to, uh, to have our sins wiped out, which means his expectation is, is that we are to be holy as well. We are to live without sin. And why can we say that? Because he has, he has made a way for us to be holy to have our sins forgiven to be, have our lives uh, uh, move uh, have our, to live our lives in righteousness and so we need to live each day as God would have us to live to live each day in righteousness and so we see this judgment coming upon the world for those who have not lived right and just lives. The judgment of God is coming and His desire is, is that we would be holy, that we would be in His presence and that God is going to, uh, to come and to bring fruition to everything that He has told us that He is going to do and that He is going to hold us to a standard of holiness. We need to be ready. We need, uh, but not only is God righteous and just and He's bringing judgment, but He is a God of love and compassion. He's a God of grace that He allows us this time between the time in which John initially uh, uh, saw these visions and saw the message of God. And now God has been so long-suffering. He has waited so long for us to get our life right with Him. And He has waited thousands of years for us to come back to Him. So He has shown long-suffering. He has shown patience. He has shown His mercy in giving us the time to come to Him. And that's the important thing for us to to understand that God is not only holy and just, but that He is loving and desires to have us to live uh, the right kind of life. And judgment will come. God will uh, judge those who are part of this world. And as we've seen time and again throughout Revelation, as we've been studying through these chapters, and you might want to go back and listen to these again. You can go back and, and listen to uh, all the other ones that we've done. Uh, you just have to go through and, and pick the ones, to, and you can go from the very beginning of Revelation back to uh, where we are now. Uh, one of the things that that is a constant throughout uh, the book of Revelation is, is that God is uh, loving and is giving us the opportunity to repent, to come back to Him. He's giving us the opportunity to set aside the things of this world and to come back to Him. He, is, he has shown love throughout all of this. Now the world, those who are without Christ, read this and they say, look at all this destruction. Look at all this that God is doing to bring uh, uh, judgment upon the world. All these things are happening. But God could have just... Uh, Revelation could have been just one sentence. God came and judged the whole world, and it was over. But throughout this time and again, God is giving mankind opportunity to turn to Him. And throughout this 
book of Revelation to this point, we've seen the world see all of these things happening and turning away from God, turning away from God, turning away from His love, turning away from His redemption, turning away from His grace. So we need to see this as a call to salvation, a call to His grace, a call to redemption, a call to repentance, and a call for us uh, to give our hearts and lives to Him. So this is, uh, again, another look at uh, our last uh, portion of Revelation, Revelation 14, 1 through 20. And we'll take up uh, in Scripture following that the next time uh, in chapter 15 of the book of Revelation. And one of the ways in which you can prepare and be ready is to read through that chapter and be ready for us to discuss it the next time. Let's join together for prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank You and praise You so much for Your great love. We praise You for all Your great goodness. And we praise You for the fact that You are a loving and just God who seeks to uh, draw us to You. And in everything that You do throughout history and and uh, life before uh as it sets before us, you're calling mankind to you, calling us to repentance, calling us to your love, your grace, and your mercy. And Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to get our lives right with you. And help us, Lord, to cling to you and to reach others for Jesus Christ, to tell others about the judgment that's coming, to tell others about your wonderful love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.